Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Adam Talks, a podcast that takes an alternative look at retirement. This is Adam Bergman, founder and CEO of IRA Financial. If you want to learn more, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on social media. Just search IRA Financial. Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Adam Talks. Cash is trash. So this is a follow-up to my previous podcast last week I did on inflation, and you can check it out here. I really wanted to spend a few more minutes on this topic because uh, it's it's been very eye-opening to me, um, and I'll bring in a, a conversation I had with a another uh, CEO of a large bank. Uh, after I dropped the uh, podcast last week on inflation, a day later, I, I got talking to um, a CEO of a major bank in the Southwest and kind of talked about where things are, what he's seen in terms of cash deposits, talked to him. Uh, I've known him for a few, probably three years. He's always been after uh, IRA Financial's business uh, because we open you know, 40 to 50 new accounts a week. Plus we have 100 million plus in cash on deposit. Um, he's always wanted my business. So basically kind of feeling him out, hey, what kind of uh, float would you give on the cash? What can you do for my clients? And he basically said, Adam, you know, I love you. Uh, you got a good business here. Your clients are awesome, but I don't want your money. Cash is trash. I said, what? Can you repeat that? <laughs> You're a CEO of a bank. What do you mean you don't want cash? That's your business. He goes, Adam, cash is trash. I don't want your cash. I got way too much cash. I've never, ever had so much cash in 30 years in business. 30 years in banking industry, I've never had more cash in my life. I don't know what to do with it. I'm regulated. It's not like I can buy Bitcoin with the cash or buy Tesla stock. There's only certain types of investments I can do with the overnight deposits. And guess what? I'm not getting anything worthwhile with the money. So the cash I have is actually causing me more harm than good. So Adam, sorry, I love you, but I don't want your cash. <laughs> so. At that point, I didn't know whether to, to laugh or cry because when a bank tells you that they don't want $100 million of cash, that's scary. Okay, so that kind of freaked me out. And I said, got to look at this deeper. So I said, you know what? I'm going to look at what happened in 1918. That was the last time we had a global pandemic. What was going on there? So I did. I dug around a little bit and basically found out that interest rates, and I wanted to look at interest rates back in 1918, look at inflation, um, and, and kind of see if there's any blueprint or some type of analogy to what is happening now, okay? So basically, interesting enough, you know, 1918, we're in World War I, there's the Spanish flu pandemic, which kills 675,000 Americans. Uh, we're basically at an interest rate environment around 4.5% in early 1914, uh, and then that dropped to 3.45% in 1915. Okay, so clearly um, there, there was a drop. Obviously the uh, pandemic had a financial strain or a major strain on, on the global economy, lowered interest rates to um, you know, stimulate the economy to get people uh, moving around again. The issue is that in 2020, when we are dealing 
with the pandemic, um, our interest rates were only at two and a half percent. Okay, so we didn't have much wiggle room. Versus in 1918, when you're at four and a half percent, you have more wiggle room to reduce interest rates. You don't have to go all the way down to zero. So what happened? 19, uh, excuse me, 2020. March comes along. We we have a pandemic. Rates basically go from two and a half percent to zero. Okay, and that's it. We've we've already spent all our ammunition. We're done. We have nowhere else to go. Could we ever see a negative interest rate environment? This banker thinks possible, and he's actually preparing for that scenario. Other other industrial countries have gone to negative interest rates. Some European countries are there now. Okay, so we know rates dropped in World War One, right around the Spanish um, flu. You're looking at um, interest rates. Uh, that dropped. Okay. So after the Spanish flu, there was the roaring twenties and interest rates went up and then dropped again, 1929 for the great depression. But again, rates were higher. They were in the fours and sixes. So they had maneuverability to go up and down. They didn't have to go from two to zero, right? They went from six to four, four and a half to three. So they were able to go one and a half, two percent down, stimulate the economy, still hold some ammunition. We didn't have that luxury. We basically went from two and a half to zero. And now we're out of ammunition. We're done. We can't lower rates anymore. Okay. And what's happened since March is the CARES Act happened, $3 trillion of stimulus into the economy. Okay. There's another stimulus coming, at least $500 billion to a trillion. Whether um, Trump can do it or Biden does it when he takes office, that's coming, guaranteed. And, and we probably need it uh, as long as it's targeted. And then Biden's talked about a $4 trillion economic plan. Okay, over the next couple of years. So if you if you assume the four trillion dollar plan gets done, one trillion dollars of stimulus coming in January, plus the three trillion from the CARES Act, you're looking at seven to eight trillion dollars of extra cash in the economy, in the United States economy. Now, yes, yeah, some of that will go overseas, um, but a lot of it's going to stay here. And what's that's going to do? It's going to create more inflation. Cash will have even less value. R- prices of everything will go up from food to real estate. I have uh, a brother, my brother-in-law owns a number of hotels in Florida. And he said what they're expecting and you know, talking to the hotel industry is that there's so much demand that is just starving to be unleashed. Just like the roaring 20s happened after the 1918, 1919 pandemic, that's gonna hopefully happen in 2021. All this pent up demand, people are gonna spend whatever they can travel, right? To consume things that they have not been able to do in 2020. They're going to want to do it in 2021 and they're going to be roaring to do it. So if you look at the last year, there's approximately $2.3 trillion of extra savings. Okay. Why travel, right? That's, you could argue one of the biggest family consumption costs, no traveling in the last year, hardly anyone's going anywhere. People have extra cash. People pulled out of cash in the markets in March, with the volatility in the stock market, and that money still sitting on the sidelines. So what do we do? Um, after speaking to a number of financial planners, financial advisors, this is what they're telling me. Real estate, and this goes back to some of the, the wealth managers I work with in New York, real estate's gonna be big. Appreciating asset, being able to control your rental income stream. Real estate, residential real estate, generally one to two year leases, so you have flexibility. Inflation comes, you can always increase rent. If, 
if the dollar loses value. Short-term hard money loans are another good option, right? Six month to a year loans, not 10 year loans. Stocks, right? You're, you're gonna need to get returns somewhere. Keeping your money in the bank's not gonna work. You're not gonna get anything for it. One or two bips, zip. And when you add inflation, you're losing money by keeping money in the bank. So you're gonna need to invest in stocks, whether it's S&P 500 stocks, whether it's biotech, whatever it is, you're gonna need to get returns. Um, dividend stocks, if you wanna be conservative because fixed income's dead. Right? What are you going to buy a bond and get 1%? It's not worth your time. You need to get a higher return because you need to generate returns that exceed inflation. Or if not, you're losing money. So again, in conclusion, it's obviously pretty interesting times. Uh, the cash is trash statement like totally freaked me out, to be honest. That's why I wanted to do another podcast on this topic. Uh, again, I, I really still don't know if I should be crying or laughing. I mean, I, I thought it was an ingenious... Uh, statement, but it's it's kind of scary that banks, the United States banks, don't want United States dollars. I understand if they didn't want a Rocky Dinars, but uh, U.S. dollars you don't want uh, anymore because you have too much of it and you can't do anything with it. That's scary. Um, the one lesson we can learn from you know 1918 is is things will roar back. They will come back strong. I don't know if it's going to be in January 2021, March, uh, but if the if the vaccines are working, Moderna, Pfizer. Um, whatever else is in the works, if, if those work 95%, 90, 95% um, success rates, then we will come back roaring and things will go up in value. We're going to have higher prices. We're going to have more cash to spend. Guess what? Businesses are going to raise their prices and that's just inevitable. So whether you want to um, you know, kind of hedge that with buying more real estate, doing short-term loans, looking for more alpha and private equity hedge funds, buying more stocks, less cash, uh, holding less cash and, and being more aggressive in your investments. That's something you, you know, you're know you gonna need to think about. Um, the interest rate, the one difference between 1918 and today is 1918, they, they had higher interest rates before the pandemic hit. So they were able to lower interest rates one and a half, two points and still had room to work with, still had some ammunition, we're done, right? We're at zero interest rates. We can't go lower. We can go negative, but uh, God forbid that happens. Uh, Japan's still fighting deflation. Um, it's not gonna be a pretty uh, story if, if we're in a negative interest rate environment. So um, again, think, talk to your um, financial advisors. Uh, I, I do believe inflation's coming. I don't think it's gonna happen tomorrow, but as the trillions of dollars uh, and additional trillions of dollars seep into the economy, um, you're going to see from your everyday purchases, things are going to go up in value. And when things come back roaring to life from cars to hotels to airlines, they're just going to be able to charge what they want. And you're going to pay for it because you have cash. You haven't been able to spend anything for a year. So all that $2.3 trillion of excess cash sitting in the bank, guess what? That's going to be reallocated and uh, businesses understand that and they're going to raise prices um, from Amazon you know, all the way to Hilton. So um, again, I think it's important to look at this, uh, be excited that we will get through this pandemic, but also from an investment standpoint, be, be, be concerned and make sure that you're prepared for an environment where um, you know, interest rates will have to go up again, but they may not be able to go up quick enough to uh, really meet the growing fear of inflation because it will, it will um, be happening, I think, um, sooner, uh, than we expect. So, uh, again, just want to share this with you. I hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving, healthy, happy Thanksgiving. 
wish everyone, you know, we can enter the holiday season, hopefully with a vaccine and, and be ready to go in 2021 and, and get the American economy roaring back to life, get us back to normal, travel, see our families and do things we uh, wanna do. I, I really appreciate all the support. Thank you, Self-Directed Retirement Nation. If you haven't subscribed, this is a weekly pod. Uh, really appreciate um, if, if you give it us a like um, on the video and uh, check out Ad Bits and Ad Mail, two other weekly podcasts I do. Um, stay safe, stay healthy, and uh, I'll talk to everyone again next week. Thanks uh, for listening and watching.